God, would you continue to give us wisdom and insight into your ways and your word and into our lives directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts today. That's the, uh, the title of the sermon. Now, in some ways, spiritual gifts are pretty similar to talents. There, there's a little bit of a difference. I'll get into that later a little bit. But our country loves talent. Have you ever noticed all of the shows that we have on TV? Shows like American Idol and The Voice and America's Got Talent. Um, if you can sing a song or um, ride a unicycle while juggling flaming bowling pins, you might be able to make it onto TV and you might become famous because our country loves famous people. Or th- I was thinking about this in regards to celebrities or athletes. I'm an NBA fan and uh, one thing I'm not a fan of in the NBA is that anytime a guy like, hits a three-pointer, he has to let the whole world know that he's done like the most amazing thing ever. And whatever, ha- any of you older people remember um, act like you've been there before? Like that's what they used to say for your celebration. Like don't don't draw attention to yourself. Act like you've been there before. Um, but the idea is that that our culture loves talent. We're drawn towards talented people, and because that's what our culture loves, please know that the sinful nature is going to try to tempt us to think more of ourselves than we should. Now, to contrast that, I want to tell another story about a guy who, who did something but didn't demand credit for it. It's a story, I heard this story at a conference. I think I have this story right. If not, um, the way I'm telling it fits well in my sermon, so we'll just go with that. But um, there was a church that was outgrowing their church building and they were voting on whether they should move into a new building. And it was unanimous except for one vote. And, and they went to that one guy who was not voting for the new building, and they asked him why. And he finally told his story. And, and the way that story goes, like nobody knew this part of the story, or they had forgotten this part of the story. But he, he said, I'm just having a little bit of a hard time letting this building go, because myself and one other guy, we dug out the basement. And, you know, jobs were kind of dropped. Well, what? You dug out the basement? Yeah, my, I got a shovel, and, and I dug out the basement. I lived out shovelfuls of dirt up through the window into the wheelbarrow and the other guy would go take the dirt away. <laughs> you know, this guy, he didn't then put a plaque in the middle of the basement that says, this placement was dug out, basement was dug out by John Anderson. Nothing like that. People had forgotten what he had done, but think about how many people benefited from the work that he had done humbly. And, uh, and finally, you know, after he got to share that story, um, then, then finally he was on board as well. He knew what God was doing and he wanted to be on board with it. But I, I like that uh, idea of a guy using what he had and he served the church and the church benefited from it for a long time. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts today and it fits into our sermon series. As you can see, the key question we're asking is, what does the Bible say about how our lives should be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit? Now, in regard to spiritual gifts, God gives them to his children for the purpose of building up the church. And now we're not talking just about a church building anymore. Now we're talking about the people of God. And God has plans. And what I love about the spiritual gifts is that that God weaves us into his plans. And one of the ways he does so is by giving each one of us spiritual gifts that we can use. So please know that your spiritual gifts have not come about just simply because of how talented you are. If you have a spiritual gift, it is because God gave it to you as a gift. The, the word gift means just that. It, it means gift. It can also mean grace. It is the grace of God that he gifts us with these special things 
that we can do in the body of Christ, but we are not to do them for ourselves, merely for our own benefit, but we are to do them for God's purposes. And again, I love this, that our, our little part then fits into the bigger part of what God is doing. So we're going to look at a section of the Bible today famous for talking about spiritual gifts. And actually, it's part of that larger section that I mentioned during communion, 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. And again, like I said during communion, in those chapters we get a picture of a church in chaos. But it was also a church with a lot to offer. And I love that. It was messy, but it was God's people. And God loved them. And he had good plans for them. And it's the same thing for us today. Yeah, there's a little bit of mess that goes on as we do church together, as we do life together. But what we're going to see in these chapters is some of God's instructions for how we can use the spiritual gifts that he has given to us. So we're mostly going to look at chapter 12 today, although I'm going to pull a little bit from chapters 13 and 14. And by the way, 1 Corinthians 12 has the second most occurrences of the word spirit uh, compared to any other chapter in the Bible. Does anybody remember what the first one is? Most occurrences of the Holy Spirit in any chapter in the Bible? Romans, did I hear it? Eight. Good, yeah. We covered that one a couple of Sundays ago, so I'm glad you remember that little piece of trivia. But this here today, 1 Corinthians 12, has the second most occurrences of the word spirit. Now, the way I've shaped my sermon today is that we're going to look at spiritual gifts in three parts. First, I'm going to put out some guidelines for you, what the Bible says about how we should use our gifts. Then second, I'm going to put up a list of the spiritual gifts. And then third, we're going to ask some questions about how we can know what our spiritual gifts are and how we can use them. Okay, so first of all, I want to put up ten guidelines for using spiritual gifts. These come from 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. I don't expect you to write these all down or to memorize all of them. I'll keep putting them back up on the screen. I just expect that you would maybe look at one or two of these that maybe you can look at as a reminder for you. Maybe something that you had forgotten, uh, something that you can apply to your life. Okay, so number one, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to glorify Jesus. To glorify Jesus. In verse 3 of chapter 12, it says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now in one sense, this is very obvious. that The Holy Spirit would never lead anybody to say Jesus be cursed, but the Holy Spirit would lead people to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and the Holy Spirit would strengthen and empower us to live our lives according to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So right away we get this idea that the uh, this purpose of spiritual gifts is to point to Jesus. It reminds me of one of my favorite verses on the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Jesus said in John 16:14, "He, that's the Holy Spirit, will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you." So in in a very small nutshell sense, what the Holy Spirit is working to do is to to take the stuff that belongs to Jesus and to make it known to us for the purpose of Jesus receiving glory. So if the Holy Spirit then gives us a spiritual gift, it's the same purpose, to give Jesus glory. Okay, second guideline. There's only one God who gives spiritual gifts. In verses 4 through 6 it says, I'll put these on the screen, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Many theologians know that's probably all three members of the Trinity there if Lord refers to Jesus like it often does in Paul's writings. So although there's many different gifts, they all come from the same God, and therefore they all have the same purpose. So we should never use our spiritual gifts to compete with anybody, but rather to join in God's bigger plan. 
Number three, all believers get spiritual gifts. I love this. Um, verses 7 and 11, there's a repeated phrase, to each one. And the idea here is that God gives spiritual gifts to each of his children. For every one of us who's received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we can be encouraged. We get at least one spiritual gift, and perhaps even more than that. And um, I I just want you to know that when I put the list of spiritual gifts up on the screen later, you can be encouraged to know that you get at least one if you're in Christ. And if you're not in Christ yet, I'd urge you to pray to receive Jesus Christ right now, and then by the time I put the list up there, you'll get one of those as well. So, could happen today. That'd be really cool. All right, number four. Spiritual gifts are given for the common good. In 12.7 it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is one that's kind of um, reverberating in my mind as I think about the spiritual gifts. That God gives us these gifts not merely for our own benefit or for our own glory, but for the purposes of, of His plans of building up the church for the common good and, and ultimately that God would receive glory. So your gifts are to fit into God's plans for the common good. Number five. Spiritual gifts are given according to the will of the Holy Spirit. According to the will of the Holy Spirit. In verse 11 we read, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. The Holy Spirit determines who gets what gift. So that means that we should not have any envy or jealousy about spiritual gifts. If God has given you a gift, rejoice that He's given it to you. If God has given somebody else a gift, and you want that one, rejoice that He has given it to them. It is all according to God's plans. Number six. Many parts make up the one body. Verses 12 through 13. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. There's one God, but there's many of us and lots of different gifts yet we are all in one body. No, I'm not going to read the entire section. It's probably a very familiar section for many of you. From here, Paul goes into this word picture of how there's all these body parts and, and the hand can't say that it's not important because it's not a foot or whatever. I forget exactly what it all says in there. You can read it for yourselves. But the point is, there is just one body and every part has a role to play in it and therefore every part is important. And it goes on to say in verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And, and I love to see how that works out, even sometimes here at Cornerstone. If, if one person is struggling with something, then other people maybe come around and help out with that struggle. Or if one person is rejoicing, we all come together and celebrate. Every part is important. Every gift is important. And, and just a side note on this one, since we all have different gifts, none of us should try to be the body by ourselves. None of us should separate from the body. There's a tendency for some people to say that, oh, I'll just worship God on my own. Well, what if the hand tried to do that? If the hand just said, I'll just separate and I'll try to be a body all by myself. It doesn't work. It wasn't created to work that way. We weren't created to work that way. We were created to be part of one body. So please recognize the importance of other people and other gifts. Number seven, we don't all get every gift. We don't all get every gift. In verses 29 through 30, the Apostle Paul uses a a style of grammar here that we don't necessarily have in English, but the way that he wrote it here, he's writing, and the assumed answer to every question is no. 
So th it's just a little little tip that he gives, the way that he asks the questions. Are all apostles? Well, no. Um, do all have gifts of healing? No. Not every believer gets every gift. God gives these gifts as he desires, so sh we shouldn't make any one Christian pretend to have any one gift because we don't all get them all. <coughs> Excuse me. Number eight. Spiritual gifts are to be used in love. I don't have any one verse in particular here. I have one chapter in particular here, chapter 13. I'm not going to read it all. I encourage you to do it. In fact, I encourage you to read uh, chapters 12 through 14 on your own at some point um, to just kind of rehash what was said here today. But, um, spiritual gifts are to be used in love. Chapter 13, isn't it wonderful? That, that chapter that is read at so many weddings it's oftentimes called the love chapter. It is this beautiful, beautiful section of scripture. And you recognize now where it fits in into 1 Corinthians? It fits in in the middle of chaos and division and Christians not living like they're supposed to. So what does chapter 13 tell us? The answer to all of it is love. If we're acting in love, we're acting the way that we are supposed to be acting. Love is the answer to so many of our problems. So in regard to spiritual gifts, then, we should be using them in love. If you have the gift of teaching, but you don't have love, what good does it do you? You'll be just like a, a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And cymbals and gongs are nice, um, but they're only nice as they fit into what the rest of the orchestra or the band is doing. And, and that's why in love we need to recognize that our gifts have a place, but we are to use our gifts in love. Love never fails. So use your gifts with love. Now one theologian noted, I, I love this, that love isn't actually one of the spiritual gifts. Because remember, what we've said about spiritual gifts is that we don't all get every gift, yet as Christians we are all called to love, and we all get the Holy Spirit, so we're all supposed to love, and whatever gift we have is to be used in love. And think of it this way. When God gave us the best gift ever, it was a gift of love, the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ. We were all sinners and separated from God. What did God think of us? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. God's response was to give us what we need so that we could have our sins forgiven, so that we could be in a relationship with God forever. So as we think about how God loved us, we are also to use love in all that we do. Number nine, we should desire gifts that build up the church. There are three verses that make these points in these chapters. One of them is 14.12, which says, Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, Try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Again, the purpose of God giving us these gifts is that his church would be built up. So yes, we can seek spiritual gifts. We can pray that we would get them. But again, if you pray for that, pray that you would use them in love as well. And then number 10. Spiritual gifts are to be used in a fitting and orderly way. Here the verse is verse 40 of chapter 14. But everything should be done in a fitting way an orderly way. I'll put the list of ten back up here now so you can look at that. Um, one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians is that there were some problems in the way that they worshipped. Their worship had been, become chaotic. Everybody was wanting to use their spiritual gift whenever they wanted to. And think about how, much, how, how many problems that would cause if everybody was trying to do you know, the gift of teaching or the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues at the same time. Paul said, no, 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 there has to be order. Paul even said the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. 
So if you get a spiritual gift, it doesn't mean that you get to use it whenever and however you want. It means that you are to see how it fits in to God's overall plan. Okay, so those are the ten guidelines. I just want you to, to look at them again. Think if there are any of those that you need to particularly remember today as you seek to live out the spiritual gifts. But God gives us these gifts. He wants us to use them, but we are to use them the right way. So what are the spiritual gifts? I want to move into the second point of my sermon now in which I point out some different spiritual gifts. Now there are lots of passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts, so I've, I've gone through them and I've picked them all out. Um, some of them overlap a little bit, so I'm, if, if some of them are mentioned twice, I'm not going to put them on my list twice. Um, but theologians also note that since all of these lists are different, it could be that there are other spiritual gifts that aren't listed. I'm going to put 21 of them up there, but I'm not trying to limit God to only those 21. If he has other gifts that he wants to give, he's free to do it. I was interested to notice that the gift of hospitality wasn't, um, wasn't on this list. So there, there could be other things that God gives. Um, I'm going to start with the ones that we see in the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12. and uh, So I'll read these and I'll just make some notes on some of them, not all of them. The first two, message of wisdom and message of knowledge. We're not told exactly what the difference is between those two. Although, if I were to guess, I would say that, that knowledge might be just in general knowing things that are true, and wisdom might have to do with knowing how to apply that knowledge in a specific time or a place. A quick illustration would be, um, let's say you've got two engineers, and one of them knows how to build all different kinds of bridges, but the second one knows which bridge will, wor will work best in a specific situation. That would be like wisdom. This might be the, a, a similar way to understand the difference between prophecy and teaching. So, so teaching and knowledge might both be the ability to understand and proclaim God's truth in general, whereas prophecy and wisdom might include that specific wisdom to know what time and what place to say what things. Okay, the, the next one on the list is faith. Now this one's interesting because faith is something that we're all supposed to have, but then how is faith a spiritual gift? And I think the answer is to that, that, that God gives a special measure of faith to some people. Have you ever met some people that whatever happens to them, they're just able to trust God? Oh, my house burned down, huh? Well, I guess I'll just get to see how God's going to provide for me. No big deal. Uh, some people just have faith that, that God is in control. It's a gift from God. Praise the Lord for people that have that gift. We also have gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, and distinguishing between spirits. Um, I like to think of that one as discernment. So there are some people that can just tell, they, they have the, the ability to tell if something is from God or not. And praise the Lord that we have those people. They can rightly figure those things out. Then we also have speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. Now, the gift of tongues and interpretation along with prophecy get full treatment in chapter 14. And there's a few points there. One is that those are to be done for the strengthening of the church, but also that they should be done for the, the benefit of the church such that everybody who's there, including visitors, can understand what is going on. So Paul warns people there not to speak in tongues if there's no one there to interpret it because nobody will know what was said. In fact, Paul said that he'd rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 words in a tongue. Although Paul also is the same guy who said he wished that everybody spoke in tongues. And I think the way that we best understand that is that if there is tongues but there's no interpreter, then it should be done privately between a person and God. And then it's beneficial for that person's spirit. Uh, although if there's an interpreter, then it almost takes on the, the same function as prophecy. 
So um, I believe that God is free to give these gifts today. Um, I've never personally seen speaking in tongues done with interpretation before, um, but I believe God is free to give it. Okay, Um, then at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, we have another section where we see some more gifts. So we have apostles. Now that one's interesting because um, that one, like some of the others on the list that will come later, uh, it doesn't necessarily seem so much like a gift as it is an office or a role, although I would say this, that if God gives... If God calls somebody to fulfill the role of apostle or teacher or pastor, that he would also give them specific gifts that would help them fulfill that role. So that's why I think it's right to put it on this list. And then also, just on apostles, some people say that the apostles of today might be people like our church planters or missionaries. Okay, and then we also have teachers, those with the gifts of helping others or administration, And then there's another list in Romans 12, and the ones we see there added are serving, encouraging, contributing to the needs of others, leadership, and showing mercy. Now, I notice that some of these things are things that all Christians are supposed to have. We're all supposed to serve. We're all supposed to encourage. But some Christians are uniquely gifted in some of these areas. Now, I also notice that some of these things could also be seen as talents. And here's where I I want to get into, to me at least, an interesting discussion. What's the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift? For example, if someone is a talented musician, is that a spiritual gift? Now, on the one hand, that gift came from God. So if they're using their their musical ability to honor God, then it could very well cross into that realm of being a spiritual gift. Although we could also talk about a non-Christian who's playing their music not with the purpose of honoring God, and that wouldn't seem like it's a spiritual gift to me. So I think one of the distinctions here is that we can use whatever we've been given by God for his glory, and it might cross into the realm of spiritual gifts. That could be true of your musical ability. It could be true of your ability to make friends. I've often noted that I am... uh, I really appreciate people who are able to make friends for for two reasons. One, within the church, I love those people who are just able to gather lots of people together and be friendly to everybody. And then as I think about outside the church, I love those people who are able to make friends and say, hey, why don't you come along with me? I'm going to church or I'm going to some event where we're going to hear about God. Um, so, So the ability to make friends, is it a spiritual gift? Well, it can be used by God. Or if we take it even further, what about the person who has computer skills? or the person who is physically strong. Um, I was on staff of Campus Crusade, and we were, we were looking over um, some people's applications for summer project, and one of the questions on there was, what do you think your spiritual gifts, gifts are? And one person put on there, I'm physically strong. And some of the people laughed at that, and I thought, well, wait a second. If God has made him strong and he can use that to serve God, then praise the Lord. Or what about the person who owns a truck? Now, owning a truck is not a spiritual gift, but a person who owns a truck can use their truck to serve God, so it crosses into the realm of spiritual gifts. And again, I will say, whatever we've been given by God, time, talent, or treasure, we can use it to serve God, and and that might cross into the area of spiritual gifts. Okay, we've got just three more gifts to look at. These next two are from Ephesians 4. There's a list of five roles or offices in Ephesians 4. We've already looked at three of them. The ones we add here are evangelist and pastor. And again, it would make sense that God would put people into these offices who are specially gifted to fulfill the roles within those offices. And then the last one, I hesitate to put this one on there. And I put it on here um, not as a joke or not to be demeaning, but because it's specifically mentioned in Scripture in regard to gifts. It is the gift of 
singleness. It is the gift that I was hoping I did not get. Um, But, let me say it this way. If God is calling a person to be single, is it not a gift of God to then give them the grace to thrive as a single person? I have a lot of compassion for single people because I was single for longer than I wanted to be until Christine took mercy on me. And then... um, what I've done is I've, I've really tried to pray. So for those of you in Cornerstone who are single, I pray through all, the list of all regular attenders and I, I pray that, that God would strengthen the single people to thrive in their singleness. I also heard somebody say that it could be that God gives the gift of singleness for a time and then he gives the gift of getting married later. So it could be that somebody has the gift of singleness but only for a season of life, uh, which I think is kind of neat. Okay, so there is the list of spiritual gifts that I see in the Bible. Now, it's possible that there may be others that aren't listed in the Bible. It's possible that I've missed some. God is free to give whatever gifts he wants. But look at that list. Do you see one or more of those that you have? And again, here's where I want you to be encouraged. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, if he's your Savior and Lord, you get at least one of these. I think that's wonderful. So look at this list. Look at what you might have remember we don't get these gifts merely for our own benefit or our own glory and we don't get them to use however we want we get them to use as part of God's overall plan for the building up and the strengthening of his church so God gives us these gifts let's use them and now I want to shift into the third part of my sermon where I want to ask two questions how can we know what our spiritual gifts are and how can we use our spiritual gifts? I'm just going to leave this list of spiritual gifts up on the screen so you can keep looking at them. But we're going to ask these two questions. How can we know what our spiritual gifts are, and how can we use our spiritual gifts? To answer that first question, how can we know what our spiritual gifts are, one of my favorite answers to that question is, what do other people say? See, a big part of this is that we are to do this in community. And one of the best ways for you to figure out what your spiritual gift is 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 not maybe to go online and do one of those spiritual gift inventories. Those can be helpful, but you're just going to get out of that what you put into it. If you think that you're good at serving, then serving is going to come out at the end. I think a better way to do that is to ask people who know you and, and have them say what they think your gifts are. I was really encouraged this Wednesday. I lead the college ministry at the college, and at the end of our time on Wednesday nights, we often break into discussion groups, and we broke up by men and women. And um, I was leading the men's group, and one of the students in the group said, hey, why don't we just go around the circle and encourage each other with what we see God doing in them, Uh, whether that's something in their character or a spiritual gift that they have. And I'm like, sweet, I'm just going to kind of sit back and watch this. So I just watched these college students encourage each other by telling each other here's what I see God doing in you Um, you might want to try it in your small group Bible studies sometime Um, but I I think that that's actually one of the best ways to figure out what your gifts are to see what other people have said they think that you're good at so the the flip side of that is let's encourage people then let's not just receive that encouragement let's also tell others what we see in them Obviously, prayer is also a part of this. We should talk to God about what our spiritual gifts are. We can even ask God for gifts. There's some language in these chapters that talk about seeking or desiring gifts. So we can ask God to give them to us. But remember, if we get them, it's not merely for our own benefit, but, but for his purposes. And then also, I would say that you should have joy as you use your gifts. Now, I say should because it's possible that God will give you a gift and ask you to use it, and your initial response might be to drag your feet. Like if God gives you the gift of serving and then you get an opportunity to serve, you might say, oh, I don't want to do it. And you might go to serve with the wrong attitude and not have joy. So that would be the wrong way to do it. 
But, but positively speaking, um, if God gives you a gift, it, would, it makes sense that you would also have the fruit of the spirit of joy as you do it. So if serving is a gift of yours and somebody calls you and asks you to serve and you leave there saying, huh, that was kind of neat. I'm glad I did that. You might have the spiritual gift of serving. And I'd encourage you to keep looking into it. Okay, now my second question. How can we use our spiritual gifts? I really just have one tip here. Try them out. Try them out. For example, if you think that teaching might be a spiritual gift of yours, then look for opportunities to teach. And then listen to what other people say about your teaching. If they're saying things like, wow, that was really helpful, I'm glad you did that, that might be a sign that you're good at it and that you're gifted at it and you should keep doing it. Now, we don't expect you to be Billy Graham the first time you start teaching. Um, And in that sense, we are to work on our spiritual gifts. God gives us these gifts, but again, they're kind of like talents in that we are to work on them and improve our ability to use them. So if you think you might have a gift, look for an opportunity to use it. And again, you might have joy as you do it. But then let me go back to tie this together with something I said earlier. I think one of the best ways both to know and to use your spiritual gifts is in community. As you get to know other believers in Christ, and and that can happen here as we get to know each other here. It can happen in our small group Bible studies or your men's and your women's groups. But as you get to know people, you will see the needs that come up and you might see that God has specifically gifted to help you with some of those needs. So I, I love how that works. God just weaves these communities together. He puts the right people in the right place and sometimes one person has a need and the other person can help out. And I think spiritual gifts are a big part of that. So let's be open to that. Let's be open to getting to know other believers. Let's not keep each other at arm's length. Let's not just show up on Sunday mornings and think that's good enough. Let's get involved in each other's lives. Let's get to know their needs. Let's help out. Let's use our gifts for the building up of the church. Maybe some of you feel frustrated in regard to spiritual gifts, and part of that might be because maybe you're not as involved in community as you should be. If you're feeling like, man, I've got this gift and I've got no opportunity to use it, well, maybe God's message for you today is you need to get more involved in the community of believers. And I think what often happens then is God shows you how to use those gifts. I don't always know how to, how to have you use your spiritual gifts. It's, it's kind of my job as pastor to be able to do that sort of stuff, but I just readily admit that it, it maybe isn't my spiritual gift to know what your spiritual gifts are and how you should use them. I try to do it, even though it's not necessarily one of my best gifts, um, but God will show you as you get involved in the community of believers. Okay, my big idea for today, it's also kind of my conclusion. Whatever spiritual gift or gifts you have, use them for the glory of God and for the building up of the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. If God gave you a gift, use it. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and you find out like a year or two later they never used it? Isn't that kind of frustrating? And we've all probably been on both sides of that. Like, thanks, Grandma, for the sweater of two kittens fighting over a ball of yarn. I'll never wear it. But um, isn't it kind of sad when you give a gift to somebody and they never use it? Now think about that from God's perspective. All of the gifts that he gives us are good and we should use them. But use them in humility. Use them to serve. Use them to give God glory, not to draw attention to yourself. We will be tempted to use our gifts to bring glory and and attention to ourselves, but let's use them to bring glory and attention to God and to build up the church. Let's seek God on this. Let's constantly be asking God how we can use our gifts 
And let's do it in community. Again, let's encourage each other. Let's spur each other on to do the good things. One of the most encouraging things for me from this Holy Spirit sermon series that we're doing, I think we're in week eight out of nine right now. One of the most encouraging things for me has been to think about what God can do in you all as we go through this, as we talk about the Holy Spirit's work, if you've received Jesus, you've received the Holy Spirit, and God can do His powerful work in you. And I am so encouraged and blessed to to think about what God is going to do through you. And and let me just add on top of that, even another keeping of praise. We're supposed to give praise to those who deserve it. I'm just so encouraged by the gifts that I see in Cornerstone Church. I, I am so privileged to serve people who are so gifted. I just think about... Like the, the new person who comes to Cornerstone and they don't know anybody yet, they are going to meet a bunch of really spiritually gifted and wise and mature people. And they are going to be blessed to be around the, the, congregate, the people here. I, I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back. I just say it because that's what I've seen here. There are lots and lots and lots of gifted and mature people here. And I am encouraged to think about what God will do through you all in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and through myself as well. But uh, praise the Lord for the wonderful things that he has done. So if you're wondering how to use your spiritual gifts, I highly encourage you to continue to put yourself around other believers, other people here even at Cornerstone, where you can learn more about what your gifts are and use those gifts for the glory of God and for the building up of the church. Because again, whatever spiritual gift or gifts you have, use them for the glory of God and for the building up of the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that in your wisdom you have drawn us to yourself. You've, you've sent Jesus to be our Savior and Lord. You've made known the gospel to us that we might receive Jesus by faith. And you've given us the Holy Spirit. And as part of that, you have given us spiritual gifts. We thank you for your incredible wisdom in this. And God, we come before you now, and I pray that we would come with humility. We ask that you would show us what our gifts are and that you would show us how you want us to use them for your glory and for the building up of the church. God, I pray that we would be a congregation full of people who serve joyfully, who use our gifts exactly as you want us to. And Lord, if we're tempted to use these gifts for our own glory or our own purposes, uh, please, please help us to repent of that. Help us not to follow that temptation, but help us to serve. So thanks again, God, for what you're doing. Would you please strengthen us in the power of the Holy Spirit to use our spiritual gifts the way you want us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.